Hey everybody, Joe here from the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. If you enjoy what we do here on the show and you think it's worth your hard-earned money, you can support the show via Patreon. Just a $1 donation gets you access to bonus episodes, our Discord, and regular episodes before everybody else. If you donate at an elevated level, you get even more bonus content. A digital copy of my book, The Hooligans of Kandahar, and a sticker from our Teespring store. Our show will always be ad-free and is totally supporter-driven. We use that money to pay our bills, buy research materials that make this show possible, and support charities like the Kurdish Red Crescent, the Flint Water Fund, and the Halo Trust. Consider joining the Legion of the Old Crow today. And now back to the show. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. I'm Joe, and I can finally say with me again is Nick. Special guest. Yes, special guest at this point. Yeah, it's been entirely too long. Um, the army has stolen you into the field once again. And, but I thought it has, I was done, son. But I, I signed a hand receipt, and they allowed me to take you back onto the content farm to be nice. further milked for podcast juice don't, don't picture that it's horrible and i i see an assembly line it's a whole series of nicks being milked um and because of that's terrifying and scary uh to to picture i can point out that this is our halloween episode for this year um but that that's not it we're not we're not talking about nick being milked for for halloween um and we we do a Halloween episode every year, and we never really? actually re- yeah, and we never release it on Halloween because we release That's our episodes. On, why? Well, we release our episodes on Monday, and Halloween never falls on Monday, so it's like a vague. And someone's gonna be like, "Actually, Halloween is on." Yeah. It was on. I don't. I don't know, man. Actually, I'm, I'm, old, I'm old and I don't have kids. Therefore, Halloween is becoming more and more not important to me. And because this is the year of the pandemic, I don't even have an excuse to dress up like something and go get drunk at a party. So, like, this Halloween has never mattered less. Is there even? Should you even buy candy? Like. Um, I don't know about the mainland, but from what I understand uh, on Oahu, we are doing trick or treating, which is incredibly fucking stupid to me. That's what I'm saying. Like, why? Why? What's the point? <laughs> I w- won't be putting out candy because, like, I know there's like, you know, I don't have to touch anything. I can just leave a bowl out, but then you're gonna have people like fishing their fucking, fucking hands through it in the fucking bowl, licking yeah. everything. And nobody's going to be washing their hands. So, like, I, I mean, would choose down my place to not be a vector for disease this year. Um, and, you know, it, that's that's okay. Uh, I, w- I would rather my house not be a horrible vector for disease than some kids get cheap candy. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. But hopefully next year will be better. I, I, I doubt it at this rate. But who fucking knows? Yeah. Um, so, you know, normally we use the Halloween episode as an excuse to talk about weird shit. Uh, I believe actually the last two years has been rich. Every episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like we'll, we'll talk about specifically like spooky stuff. Like I believe the first Halloween episode we talked about uh, a serial killer during World War One. Um, yeah, wasn't he like uh, the dill pickle guy? Yeah, he pickled all of his uh, his, his ex girlfriends <laughs> and stuff. Um, 
And uh, I don't know if I could say dill pickle. Uh, please don't sue me. Your pickles are actually corpses. Um, and then last year we did unit 731. Uh, sorry, Rich has still not recovered from that one. <laughs> That's a good uh, one, too. Normally, I, I force these horrible things upon Nick uh, because he is my war crime emotional sieve and he walks away from all these things unaffected. Uh, but this year is actually, you know, pretty chill in comparison to those two things. Um, I will not explicitly talk about any war crime related murder. I know I'm as shocked as everybody else is. Um, but I guess I do have to this start by bullshit. I know. I'm so sorry. Um Anyway, welcome to the eight-part series on the Cambodian genocide. Um, but um, I have to ask you to, to start off this episode. Um, do you Shirtless believe in naked. ghosts? Oh. No, <laughs> not at all. Do you believe in any kind of paranormal? Like, did you ever have, like, a moment at some point where, like, I swear to God, um, you know, something was peering out at me from the woods or whatever? Uh, not that I can say, but you know what? I really like watching the shows where they really egg on something that's not there. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like some people who listening probably maybe felt something once upon a time. Um, I personally don't believe in ghosts either. Um, I'm, I'm not hating on anybody Have who you ever does. Felt anything? No, um, not sober. So I feel like that probably has a lot to do with it. Um, there was like a ghost trying to give you a over the pants handy J. Uh, that was a very strange uh, thing that I, I I don't talk about my my ex lovers on the podcast. Um, now there was this one weird, stupid, fucking thing when I was a kid, where like all the middle schoolers, maybe it was freshman year, I don't remember. Um, there's like a supposed haunted road in my neighborhood, uh, in my general oh. cityscape area. And we went out to it and everybody swears to God, they fucking saw something. And I'm pretty sure the only thing we saw was the fact that we were all were incredibly lifted at the time. Um, nice. And yeah, like it, you didn't see a ghost. <laughs> we smoked a lot of weed and got drunk <laughs> and then like, irresponsibly burned out down a fucking uh, like an abandoned country road I saw that stuff too is the same too. road where fucking kids push you up the fucking hill or some shit and leave fingerprints on your car I'm pretty sure if you dig far enough into the mythos of that street someone has said that's happened that's happened in every fucking railroad crossing in America if you believe every ghost story you find because I, I remember I do I heard some shit about that and I was like uh no that's that's that kind of shit to me is like so widespread there's no way it can be true. You know what I'm saying? Like every every shitty small town has their own story of that happening. And, and what ki- what what kids are taking that initiative in the afterlife going like let's push this car over. Yeah, Come and on. you know what? I'm going to say even if they're dead, like they don't have like children do not have are are aren't the, the the age group I would pick to be pushing cars? You know what I'm saying? No, not at like, all. how many kids died to equal the strength of what? Like, how many child ghosts do you think you could fight at once? Because like, <laughs> like uh, it, I don't carry a crucifix, nor do I carry holy water. I mean, if they can push a car, you can punch them, right? You can punch those ghost children. Anyway, yeah, I might be able to get a noogie <laughs> or two around. Like, how, how many kids can you fight at once uh, so they don't try to kill you uh, if, if they're already dead? Um, this is a really bad Stephen King book that I've written in my head now. Now, I ask all this how many because... Pages? 
uh, probably like 700 and the ending is terrible. Um, now I ask all this because we're going to be talking a little bit about belief in ghosts and the afterlife. Um, huh. Uh, in, in this episode for dumber reasons than you could expect. Uh, now I, I started off by asking this, uh, because, the, the number of Americans that believe in ghosts, according to a YouGov survey, whose validity I cannot attest to because I Googled it. <laughs> I, I Googled how many Americans believe in ghosts. I know this Can we is, get the Yahoo answers on this one? <laughs> it'd probably be better. This is the scholarly rigor you expect of this podcast. <laughs> uh, 50% of Americans what? believe in ghosts. Yeah. Uh, which is a number that is much higher than I would have thought. Yeah. Um, now, some levels of belief... Are, are much higher and like are deeply interwoven into cultural beliefs as Americans generally don't have culture. We can think of that as something completely different. Like there's something different into like, to me, there's something different into like buying into a show like ghost hunters or like ghost hunters international. Oh, dude, my, I can't remember which show it was, but it was just this one dude named Zach. Fuck. Can't remember his name, but in one of them, Zach the, spelled with a Q somehow. I don't know, but he was kind of douchey. Of course he was. But <laughs> he's in a ghost hunting show. His name's Zach. But uh, he's fucking in this room. And he's like, come on, Satan. Come for me. And I was just like, dude, I hope Satan comes, dude. <laughs> I really do. Satan straight bussing. Uh, like, one of my favorite ones that I remember was like Ghost Hunter International. Because they went to some castle in Germany or whatever. And they, you know, they record things because they believe this is a science. So they try to inject as much electronics as they possibly can into it. E- and these ESM, asking questions, yeah, yeah, like uh, electromagnetic pulse or something like that. I don't fucking know. That's probably not what it stands for. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> electric voice phenomena is one of them. Uh, but anyway. He's asking questions in this castle in Germany, but he's asking in English. And he's like holding this tape recorder out, hoping to get answers. Like, I just hope it's a very confused German ghost. <laughs> like, please, I only speak German. <laughs> what do you um, say? Yeah. Look, I watched I for watched supper. for supper. <laughs> yeah. Um, now they're Ukrainian ghosts. Oh, uh, Fuck. <laughs> Now I, I say I bring up that because like the idea of like American ghost belief and like watching stupid reality shows is much different than like some cultures who legitimately believe if you don't do something correctly, your ancestors will come back to haunt you or whatever. Um, which is what, what are your ancestors' beliefs? Uh, I'm not none that I'm aware of. Uh, drink oh, okay. alcohol and beat your children. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> That sucks. Yeah, which means I, it's worse. I, I only have the worst ghost hauntings. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, some of these things are laid into the foundations of local folklore that go back generations in some cultures like that of like China and in some areas of China, because China is not a monoculture in Southeast Asia. These are combined with a vast array of supernatural beliefs that may or may not have something to do with religion, hmm. such as belief in cryptids and celestial monsters, which... Could be a rad, rad bad name. I'm not entirely sure. But um, now I'm bringing up supernatural beliefs. We talked about ghosts a little bit because on more than one occasion, the militaries of the world have attempted to weaponize them in both hilarious and horrible ways. So I think you're going to toss the military into this one, to be honest. Yeah, you know, every once. Oh, try, like 
last week I had to shoehorn in real hard because technically we're a military history podcast. Um, but this one, 100% we're talking about militaries. Um, now, I should point out a lot of this is Western militaries playing develop, uh, developing nation superstitions against them because they believe them to be dumb, backwards, or simple. A simple clue here is racism. Uh, but that does not mean that some of these militaries did not at one point put some pretty big fucking stock to some woo-woo shit of their own. Uh, mostly during the Cold War, because before the global war on terror, if you wanted a blank check to do whatever the hell you wanted, you had to tie it into defeating communism into some way. Um, well, all the enemy would really need is a crack team of teenagers and a dog. <laughs> I would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for you meddling kids and your communism. Um, <laughs> now, before, during, and after World War II, um, uh, there was you know, obviously a lot of Nazi science that various world powers divvied up among themselves. Um, because Nazi occult shit uh, like, was pretty big, and there was a huge interest of nerds and mass murderers like Heinrich Himmler. These things had their own department within the SS, uh, and like high-ranking Nazi leaders were obsessed with the occult. Um, on Himmler's orders, the SS officers raided Germany's occupied territories for artifacts related to magic, even ransacking museums in Poland, Ukraine, and the Crimea for mystical texts that they thought might be able to grant them power to defeat the Allies. Or in some ways, like sometimes it was like to further their really stupid race science. Um, like Nazi scientists scoured the globe for items like the Holy Grail um, and Some the lance Indiana of Jones shit. Yeah, and like the lance of destiny or Longinus, which you know is the spear that stabbed Jesus Christ. If you believe in that, though, I do need to be completely would, would, clear. How badass if you had that spear hanging in your room right now? Uh, I think I'd get really sick of Harrison Ford, uh, Harrison Ford attempting to like kick open my door and steal it back. Yeah, um, it belongs in the museum. <laughs> yeah. Um I do need to be completely clear here though. This wasn't a huge thing in Nazi circles like this esoteric occultism was pretty widespread but like the actual practice of expending material resources to go track this shit down was pretty small scale. And most people outside this very specific department within the SS thought it was all completely bullshit. How much do you um, think that department got made fun of by other departments? Uh, probably not a lot because Heinrich Himmler was involved, um, nah. and he was you know behind his back probably a lot because I mean have you seen Heinrich Himmler? He looks like a fucking nerd. Yeah. He was a. I really wish that more people beat the shit out of Heinrich Himmler growing up and stole his lunch money because he, he looks the way he looks. That like imagine thinking that you're the master race descended from God or like the afterlife or whatever weird occultism they believed in. And you look like Heinrich Himmler. Like, imagine looking I think yourself at a twelve-year-old nemesis. <laughs> like, he he looks like Dexter from Dexter's Lab. And Dexter like, had some cool shit, though. Yeah, and uh, unlike Dexter, uh, Heinrich, or uh, unlike Heinrich Himmler, I don't think Dexter killed himself with a hidden cyanide pill. I'm not Is sure that Dexter might be a canon now. Nazi scientist. Uh, no, he just has a very strange German accent. Sus. I'll say it's fucking sus, okay? Uh, Heinrich Himmler survived and ended, uh, ended up becoming a Cartoon Network original series. I guess that is what we're trying to say here. Um, 
But the Nazis never actually discovered anything. Uh, but as the U.S. and the Soviets got their hand on Nazi research, research can't speak because I apparently did not pray to my occult temple today. Um, they they opened like they started reading about more of this research uh, regarding things, and they expanded it into their own research. Now, most of the reason for this research was fear of the other one having it, like. The Soviets and the Americans didn't really buy into this shit. Like there wasn't any widespread belief that they're like you're going to be able to field like a army of psychics or whatever. Right. But most like they were mostly afraid that like well what if the Soviets have it? So we need to look into this too. So this led to an incredibly stupid psychic arms race. <laughs> that <Yeah>. and <laughs> like and I need to point out that nobody really bought into. Um now, one of the earliest forms of this was a, was a so-called Soviet mind control program that failed hilariously, and uh, the Soviets dropped it pretty quickly. Like, like, well, this obviously isn't working. Moving on. Um, but this is because in the 1950s there was a video. There was videos um, of American POWs reciting um, uh, communist propaganda after being captured by the North Koreans during the Korean War. The U.S. believed that there was a possibility that Stalin somehow slid his unknown mind control abilities the way of the North Koreans, uh. and that is why that these all American boys are suddenly reciting communist stuff. Um, bastards. Yeah, obviously very, very stupid. Uh, the POWs had just been horribly tortured, um, not under the spell of some communist wizard or whatever, um, which honestly sound, sounds metal as fuck. Like, bippity boppity boo, redistribute the wealth. I'll say whatever you want me to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, people will pretty much do whatever the fuck you want them to do as long as you stop torturing them. Uh, yeah, maybe torture doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, or kind of to, to whatever you want it to work towards. The CIA has entered the chat. Uh, I I really wish that'd be the last time we're talking about the CIA today. But Nick, we're going to be talking about the C- <laughs> we're going to be talking about the CIA a whole lot. Um, All star cast. Yeah. Um, now the American response to this fear of a Soviet mind control program was their own mind control program, MK Ultra. Goats. That comes up. <laughs> now, I'm not going to get into the, into like d- too deep into the weeds on project names because they both kind of weave in and out. Like there's MK Ultra, which everybody has heard about. Oh yeah. Um, and honestly, the depths of MK Ultra still not entirely known because some of that shit is still not unclassified. Uh, and then there's also Project uh, Stargate, which was like the military side of that. And there's a lot of shit that kind of goes into both um, projects. And there's actually a, a reasonable belief to have that it blurred the lines on purpose. So you really couldn't pin down who, where, where it was going to what. Oh, um, okay. uh, now, a lot of Stargate was the remote viewing project. Uh, have you ever heard of remote viewers? Uh, I'm not a big fan of Stargate. <laughs> I never watched Stargate. I, I'm assuming that it was all as dumb as these fucking projects. <laughs> so the remote viewing project was led by the USSR and the US. Uh, though the US's project would fall under the CIA, uh, the CIA and the Department of Defense at various times. Um, as like it would fail and then like one agency would just give up on it <laughs> and then like oh well we'll resurrect it and mostly what it seems to be is like they're just pushing around the price like if it's under the department of defense the department of defense has to pay for it if it's under the cia somebody else has to pay for it oh, that um, awkward uh 
at the table and nobody wants to pay the bill. Yeah. Um, and like mostly what it came up to is like, well, the Soviets are still working on the re- remote viewing project. So clearly we need to. Uh, now, for anybody asking, like, what the fuck does this mean? Clearly, you didn't watch as much of the History Channel in the early 2000s as I did because they talked about it all the time. Um, now, remote viewing is essentially the idea that somebody can visualize details of distant people or places or objects through telekinesis. Um Psychic shit, you know, shit that doesn't exist. Um, now, the budget for the program was pretty small compared to, you know, <laughs> most Cold War insanity. Uh, not because it was cheap, but because everybody thought it was fucking nuts, but it just kept going anyway. It's All like right, the- we got you guys a uh, packet of sugar. Uh, fuck. Uh, we have to keep the lights on. Uh, well... <laughs> We're going to cut that, and instead, we're going to use one of your psychic test dummies to just pedal the spike really fast. Um, so people were like, claim, people claimed to be psychic uh, were chosen for it and locked in a blacked out room. And once they were in this blackout room, um, they would say that they could see Soviet air bases uh, or like planes or bombs. And then they'd have to draw them out in detail, despite being locked in a room at Fort Meade, Maryland. Uh, Like these things would just supposedly pop up in their head. In order to not impact the confidence of the supposed psychics, they were never told if they were right or wrong. They didn't want to hurt their feelings. So the project went on for decades, despite no proof or evidence ever being shown that they were anything other than just guessing random shit at random. Now, the the History Channel did interview some of these remote viewers who still swear that they were right because they were never told that they were wrong. (laughs) Wouldn't that be some shit? Like, imagine you in a fucking room. What the fuck are you seeing? Like... Like, I'm seeing imagine having piece, a job you know, that if you did it bad or see. good, nobody would ever tell you. Like, imagine every day you go into work, you have no idea if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing because nobody tells you, but you still go into work every day. So, like, the only thing that could possibly happen is like you, like, kind of feeding your own feedback loop is like, well, clearly I did good, you know? Um, that sounds like a good day. Yeah, no wonder why these guys stay with the project for fucking decades. Like, I'm yeah. doing great stuff. Um, now, I do have to point out, because this is the one thing that people always point out when it says remote viewing is bullshit. There was an incident where a psychic kind of did something. Um, but I'll tell you the full details. Now, generally, when you read this story, it's a, a, what what is said is that a psychic working for remote viewing pinpointed a down Soviet bomber in Africa. Uh, and then the U.S. was able to go and scavenge it before the Soviets could go and get it. Uh, but when you look into it, that's not actually what happened. No, um, he fucking guessed. <laughs> kind of, yeah. So the U.S. had intelligence that a bomber went down a very specific patch of jungle in a very specific part of a very specific country. They then gave a psychic of a map of a small area and told them to find the bomber. So the person pointed at something, and then people were dispatched to the area to find a bomber. And they did. Dozens of miles away from where the psychic said it would be. This is generally what we call being wrong. Um, <laughs> like, imagine that you're given a grid square to find something in. You're generally going to be within a dozen miles or so, or whatever, right? Like, you're going to be within the parameters of that grid square. Right. Uh, and that's kind of what happened. 
you know like if you were land if you're doing land navigation and you were a, gri- a gr- like a half of a grid square off you would be wrong that do- that only counts if you're dropping nuclear weapons for being close <laughs> um now uh the soviets and the u.s also attempted to find actual psychics that could use their actual magical brain power to kill people um because of course they did. Uh, the U.S. had very so, like you already brought up the men who stare at goats. That was a real thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the movie was a real thing, but so was the project. Uh, it was Stargate. Uh, the army didn't want to spend too much money on it, however, because it sounded and was ridiculous. So they picked random people already in the army and uh, attempted to make them walk through walls and murder goats by staring <laughs> at them. Uh, none of it ever worked. Uh, there's also another part where there's a fake martial arts instructor named Guy Savilli? Uh, Savani? I think I know um, who you're talking about. Because I'm really yeah. digging into the fake martial arts thing because it's fucking hilarious. Yes. Uh, this guy managed to trick the government into thinking he could use his chi to knock out and kill people. Like he was Goku or some shit. Uh, he was paid hundreds of thousands of dollars despite never actually being able to do any of this. Uh, this... This, this research lasted four years. Um, somehow the Soviet version of this is dumber for very Soviet reasons. Uh, they had their own military psychic research and theirs lasted a lot longer by the looks of it. They had one specific military psychic that they studied for over 20 years named oh, Nina Kol- Kalugina. I might be pronouncing that wrong. And honestly, I don't care. Uh, they did this despite her handlers knowing from day one that she had been cheating on every single test that they'd given her and she had no psychic powers at all. Hey, I like the cheating part, though. Yeah, you got to respect the hustle. Uh, but remember when I, I gave those dates? Start in the 1950s. Do you, do you think failure of a project was taken very well in mid-1950s Soviet Union? Because it wasn't. So they simply reported them all as being good. And that she was, in fact, a psychic warrior. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome title, too. Yeah. Um, now, because of this, that means that it was established government fact that she had psychic abilities. So... When the Soviet paper Pravda wrote that she had actually been cheating for decades and interviewed some of the original scientists, she sued them for defamation of character. Wow. Using government resources to prove that she was a psychic, the court had no choice but to award her a partial victory in what had to be the dumbest fucking court case in Soviet history. That's fucking awesome. (laughs) This might be the first and only time in modern history that psychic abilities were begrudgingly accepted as fact in a courtroom. As you can see here, I named off how many and what style of tracksuit Stalin had in his closet. Yeah, and how deep his squat was. It was the deepest. Yeah. Um, I So some of the shit that she did, like remote viewing, um, like spoon bending, uh, moved stuff. <laughs> yeah, which like, of course, like shit like that. And like, there's also stories that she stopped an animal's heart. Uh, no evidence of that ever taking place because... I imagine if the Soviets could just use somebody's mind powers to murder people by stopping their heart, they'd stop dosing people with radiation to murder them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, you notice we've picked out the U.S. and the Soviet Union a lot. I'm sorry, but she'd be the worst fucking avatar in the world. <laughs> the wheat nation has appeared. Uh, now, we've been picking on the U.S. and the USSR an awful lot. 
So if there's any British people listening and laughing at the stupidity of these two nations, calm down, because the British Ministry of Defense had their own psychic experiments yeah. in 2002. Simmer down. Go ahead and take a seat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pull up to the big old dumb kids table. Uh, now, the original plan for this experiment was to use psychics who advertise themselves on the internet. Uh, always a solid source for information. You know, internet psychics. Um, but they put when, an ad out? Like- <laughs> so what they did is they just pulled up all the ads that people were, like, these psychics are putting out and then called them and said, like, we'd like you to come in for, you know, scientific experiments. Literally all of them refused because they knew under the rigors of research they would be proven to be full like, of oh, shit. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. So the Brits instead just turned to some random people and picked 12 of them. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, they blindfolded them and made them guess the contents of an envelope. The envelopes would contain pictures of weapons, people, and because this is the United Kingdom, different races. Um, and then they would have to be able to pick them apart by looking through the envelope without actual seeing the contents. I'm actually quite shocked they didn't make them have a bathroom-related question about people choosing their uh, what bathroom to use, because... Um, the UK is a lot like Alabama in some ways. Zero um, percent of people managed to prove to the British government they had psychic powers, uh, though twenty-eight percent apparently quote got close. Uh, I believe that is about the same number as random guessing. Um, got close. Yeah. Uh, the British government dropped the testing because I assume they realized it was 2002 and they were still attempting to test psychic powers. Now, uh, this is where I again have to point out that the U.S. claims the title of being the dumbest people in the fucking world, and especially this group. Because in 2014, the Office of Naval Research is still pumping millions of dollars every year into researching precognition. You know, like from Minority Report. Like, to be able to, to figure out things are coming before they happen. Also, I, I, I still like that movie. I never saw it. I plan on keeping it that way. You I've, need to watch it. I have enough Tom Cruise in my life. You uh, really need to. Because Tom Cruise, I think we, we, does our whole podcast revolve around Tom Cruise? I think at this point we own royalties. Nice. Um, I assume that the Office of Naval Research intends on using this new power of precognition to seeing which Navy SEALs are going to commit war crimes ahead of time, and then <laughs> and still not, do not doing anything about it. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so we haven't picked on the French yet, but they get a mention too. You remember Louis Napoleon? You know, Napoleon III, the big dumb idiot from the Second French Empire? There's we- so many Napoleons, I can only remember two main ones. Well, he's the guy who started the second Mexican empire with his boy from Austria. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yep. This one's on him. So the French were doing what they do best, oppressing local people in Algeria while trying to get them to force under their colonial boot. Uh, this oh, time yes. it was 1856. Um, the French are having a hard time controlling tribal religious groups known as the Maribo. Um They believe that the Marabo we're using magic to turn locals away from colonial authorities because clearly only magic could make people in Africa hate the French. <laughs> That's fucking mind boggling. <laughs> yeah. Imagine like you're a literal emperor and like, why don't these people across the ocean that I'm forcing under my flag, not like me. It must be the me? wizards. <laughs> Uh, now, rather than become introspective about their terrible imperialism, they decided the only thing they could stop a, 
a bad music uh, magician is a good magician. So they went and found their own. Enter Jean Eugene Robert Houdin. Uh, oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, one of the more well-known magicians of France, and someone who Napoleon III picked because he once saw him at a court show, and thought he was kind of cool. <laughs> He's like quite literally a court jester. <laughs> this guy, get this guy. This guy, he fucking guessed the card I had. Yeah, I he pulled a fucking bird straw of his sleeve, bro. It was fucking crazy shit. Uh, so he decided that he would deploy this magician to show <laughs> to show the Algerians that French magic was stronger than Algerian magic. So, uh, he Did went they have on a showdown. Oh, I kind of hope so. Yeah, he went on a tour of tribal areas, showing off his six skills. Um, now, really, what it was was so he rigged up a chest that uh, if anybody tried to pick it up, other than him. It had electrical current running through it, you see, and electrocute the fucking shit out of you if you tried to pick it up because he knew that there was a safety switch to turn it off so he could pick up the chest. So so it's quite literally that joke fucking handshake thing that when you shake someone's hand, it shocks you or the fake cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. Gum. Yeah. It sounds a whole lot more like being an asshole than being a magician, but I (laughs) get I guess those two things are the same. I, I bought those at the ice cream truck. Of course, this didn't actually do anything. Uh, but Houdin credits the continued French imperial control over Algeria, Algeria solely to the powers of his super sweet magic. They just boosted his ego. Yeah, and he claims that like a tribal warlord had no choice but to throw himself in subservience to the French because he watched Houdin catch a bullet with his teeth. A pretty well-known magic trick now that's been debunked quite a few times. Uh, but there's no actual second-hand accounts of that happening, so he quite possibly just made it up. He's a magician. He's not an honest person. Um, <laughs> in reality, the French occupation of Algeria did go on, but it was pretty much a constant state of war until the French finally took the fucking hit and left in the 1960s. Um, because, but you know, like I feel like de- uh, like defeat in a war is like kind of a for sure thing when your idiot inbred emperor deploys a wizard out of desperation, but you know, whatever. That, that's, that's definitely my talk of deployment. Yeah. Deployed with the wizard it. core. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 50 years when we're still in Afghanistan, we're going to deploy like TikTok teens to David for, for yeah, David, they're, he's going to make the Taliban disappear. And he's, no, he's going to do some crazy shit. Cause you know how he's been doing the fucking in, he's going to be in ice and he went underwater for so much, this amount of time. He's going to do some weird shit like that over there. And that's it. And he's going to like attempt to make like, uh, uh, Kabul disappear. Like, cause like those giant fight, like, didn't he try to make the, like the, didn't he do like an illusion where he made the statue of Liberty disappear? Something like that. I think was that was that David. Him? I think so. I don't know. They're all the same to me. Wasn't it Houdini? No, he's he was he's been dead for a long time. I saw this on yeah, TV. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Houdini did it a while ago. I don't know. Houdini got punched in the stomach and Are died. Are these all the same so. people? Yeah, they're, it's all one wizard moving back and forth very quickly. So it looks Although, like two. I think uh, David Blaine would beat Chris Angel's ass. You know, the only true way to figure this out is to deploy both Chris Angel and David Blaine to Afghanistan just to see what happens. Like he's in a mind freak so hard. He's going to lose a leg to an IED. 
They're going to end up starting <laughs> some type of turf war. And then David Blaine's like, I'm going to make your leg reappear. And he just pulls it out of a trash <laughs> <Yeah>. bag. <laughs> it's not even his leg. It's somebody else's. <laughs> Sir, that's a different skin color. <laughs> yeah. um, now, after dabbling in all these dumb experiments, the U.S. did what it does best. That is, get stuck in an illegal war with no way out or a way to win or a way to withdraw from. Sorry, I, I suppose I should be more specific. I'm talking about the time we tried to help the Philippine government commit war crimes against its own people in the 1950s. Mm. Uh, now, the first half of that, I almost had to be even more specific because we've done that a couple times. Um, it turns out, uh, after World War II, a lot of the communists who would help fight the Japanese in the Philippines uh, were not welcome into the new U.S.-backed Republic of Philippines that had been formed afterwards. I'm sure for totally fine and not bad reasons, this, of course, led to a civil war. Uh, at the time, we blamed Soviet involvement, which was never really a thing outside of meager propaganda support. But this being the 1950s and the Red Scare being all over the place, uh, this led to our active and full support of our of their country's government to wage a terror campaign against its own people. Weird how we keep doing that. Um the man that the U.S. sent to take charge of the action there was a CIA spook named Edward Lansdale. Uh, Lansdale was backed by teams of other spooks and special forces types. Um, and their group together took to the mountains and hills to meet with the locals. And hilariously enough, while he was there and visiting these areas that were kind of under communist sway, uh, he was shocked to find out that the government that the U.S. supporting was bad, actually. <laughs> um, now, the book I sourced for this is a book called Killing Hope, the U.S. military and CIA intervention since World War II. A catchy fucking title, I know. Really? Imagine, yeah. imagine being so terrible that your personal history is titled Killing Hope. Incredible. Like, imagine if you're na- like, you die, right? And someone writes your biography and it's called Nick Casanova, Killing Hope. Like, what fucked up shit do you have to do to earn that title of your personal history? Be the CIA, I guess. Anyway. Um, Lansdale is noted as to have said that the communists were right and the Philippine government was, quote, rotten to the core. And that, quote, violence is the only way that these people are ever going to get a government of their own. (laughs) Uh, But despite all of that, he shrugged and just kept on working with the government and the CIA in general. Nobody nobody ever said introspection always leads to good things. It just maybe he didn't sleep so good at night, which like, uh, whatever. Um, Now, he did develop something that has been rightfully mocked ever since and something we're both probably very familiar with at least in passing, the ideas of hearts and minds. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the idea that even the most corrupt government on earth could still win people over if they were total dicks about it and maybe provided some basic services to the people they wish to control, that whole thing. Um, but unfortunately, he went about attempting to make this idea a reality in maybe the most supervillain way I've ever fucking seen. Um Now, he and his team poured over research material about the customs and traditions of these villages that the communists were around, held sway over. Um, This included their lore, their taboos, and their mythology. Uh, This is not because he was curious and wanted to know more about them. It's because he wanted to weaponize it. 
Uh, this is actually not that uncommon when it comes to supervillains of history. There's numerous stories of Nazis learning Hebrew and Jewish culture and customs so they could put themselves in the minds of the people that they saw as the enemy. Not exactly a good group of classmates uh, there. Fucked. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it was like, I think, I think it was Himmler or, uh, maybe one of the other big Nazis that like eventually learned bad Hebrew or something i can't quite remember uh, so after doing this for quite some time he uh found a small plane uh rigged it up with speakers and then had a translator um record a message and while being this cloud the the the, the, the plane was hidden by cloud cloud cover uh, the plane flew above the clouds and broadcast the message in the local language to Gallic, promising a curse that would befall anyone who helped the communists by giving them food or water. And uh, yeah, how powerful are these fucking speakers? Because pretty loud, I think. Pretty loud. Yeah, especially like a shitty small prop plane. Yeah. Um, now this sounds pretty crazy, and it's because it is. Um, but there's a little bit of evidence that this actually worked. Um, after really? lands, yeah, after Lansdale's fly by night, which ghost plane express or something, whatever you want to call it, uh, thousands of communist rebels eventually surrendered to government forces in the area, suffering from hunger and thirst. Fuck. Yeah. Now, this had an unfortunate, uh, twofold unfortunate things. One, a whole bunch of people started starving and starving to death and, you know, having a lack of water. But this also told Lansdale there's a very good possibility that threatening civilians with otherworldly powers, while horrible and probably unethical, may have actually worked, and he should expand upon this further. So, with his big old brain filled with the idea of scaring the local rebels of supernatural insanity, Lansdale went deeper, and this led him to the local mythos of the Aswang. Deeper. Deeper. Uh, this is a term that covers all kinds of zombies and ghouls and vampires. Uh, but for the purpose, we're talking specifically about vampires, which is a sentence I didn't think I was ever going to say on this show. No, I don't know how exactly to rank the fear level of people when it comes to paranormal shit, but this is like the top. If you thought like your most local mythology is bullshit, you would probably still be afraid of like, this one, like the Aswang, you would still like be kind of upset that someone told you there's a vampire nearby. Um, especially in these, these are super rural communities. So like the idea that they believe in a lot of oh. traditional superstitions and stuff like that. Very, very common. I mean, um, if, if they had a hot topic in the area, they'd be fine. It'd be normal. Everybody would just look like a shitty hot topic vampire. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's a mall vampire, but instead of drinking your blood, he writes really sad poetry that also sucks. Um, The vampire took its form as a woman who, like Western vampires, needs blood to survive. But rather than like using fangs and living in a castle like Dracula, it uses a proboscis tongue, like like a neck straw. So like he's a giant woman-shaped mosquito, and it lives in the woods. (laughs) 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 Sounds kind of gross. You just so, need a can of offspring and you're good. She won't attack you. Yeah, it get off. It keeps the vampires at bay. <laughs> uh, so after learning about this fun and scary local fact, Lansdale and his team scattered off into the local villages to spread the rumors uh, that the woods were just fucking lousy with vampires. So would you rather have a vampire with teeth or a vampire that just tongues you? 
I don't know. I feel like the tongue would be much better at sucking blood. I don't know. I mean, mosquitoes suck blood with their face needles. I'm still leaning towards fucking teeth. What if it was just like a giant... It was just like a guy named Pete who had like a giant syringe and just had a... <laughs> yeah. I, I'm actually like uh, a, like a, a dollar general vampire. I don't have the proboscis tongue like my cousin, the Aswang. And I lost all my teeth because I had a lousy meth habit. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to stick you with this needle, which, by the way, I did not clean. And I'm just going to pull <laughs> out your blood and and then I'm going to drink it. Uh, like, oh, well, oh, I don't like that at all, sir. Maybe I'll um, add a little mixer to it. Maybe I'll yeah. drink it on the rocks. It's got to pour it back out, you know, add some kale to it. My doctor said that my 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 heart, my blood pressure is too goddamn high, probably from all the sodium in this fucking blood. Um, <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> fucking dumbass vampire. Um, <laughs> we've created the worst vampire in human history. Yeah. Some guy named Pete from apparently like, I don't know, Jersey, who drinks yeah, blood out of dirty this. needles. <laughs> It's the new state flag of Jersey. Um, so this spreading of the vampire rumor did a little bit of what they wanted, which was so terror into the hearts of civilian population, but didn't scare the rebels quite yet. Maybe because like they were literally killing people and at war. So like the idea of a scary bedtime story didn't really appeal to them. So that's when Lansdale knew it was time to crank that insanity dial to 11. So, he and his spooks stalked off into the jungle to make the Aswang a real thing. And so they were set up and ambushed a rebel patrol, but not the way that you would think. They laid in wait for a rebel patrol, and as it walked by, they waited for the last man to fall behind. Now... I don't know how many patrols they had to wait for this to happen. Like, dude, we've been out here three days and they're all keeping proper distance. This sucks. <laughs> but eventually it happened. Um, the last man, the patrol fell behind. They've been waiting that long because one of them doesn't have the courage to tongue the other guy. Yeah, they have to be as realistic as possible. You only, you only can use your tongue. Tongue that throat, <laughs> private. Um, also, like... So I'll talk about a little bit more in a second. So uh, they 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 tackled the last guy in the patrol and drug him off into the jungle. There they stabbed him in the neck with a small knife and hung him up from a tree to bleed him out. Uh, get it? Like like a vampire? Like they? Uh, I don't know of any vampire stories of hanging. Like they hung him up upside down to bleed him out. Like kind of like what you do to an animal. Um. Uh, all right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then once the corpse was rendered sufficiently bloodless, they chucked it back out in the trail to be discovered by other rebels. Um, When they did find the dead body, it scared them shitless, and they packed up their bags and apparently left, uh, because, you know, the the region is infested with vampires or whatever. Um, I would chalk that down as a coincidence at that point. Yeah, like, or that you're in the middle of a war and this man was stabbed in the neck. Exactly. Um. And like, imagine like you get tasked out for this, like, so Mr. Lansdale, I have to do what now? You know, you want me to kidnap a man, murder him, bleed him out on the side of the trail, and then just chuck him into the woods. Do you think they got confused in asking questions? And they're like, so when do we kiss him? <laughs> when does Pete come in? Um, yeah. 
<laughs> and th- so this apparently worked. Um, it's like anecdotal, but they said there was less rebels in the region after that. I I have no way but to like I have nothing but to take their word for it. But also, you do not, in fact, have to trust the CIA. Um, <laughs> but this would not be the last time the U.S. military would attempt to weaponize the ghosts of dead people to scare away their enemies. Which, of course, brings me to that thing earlier about illegal forever wars the U.S. loves to find itself in. But this time it's Vietnam. Oh, okay. While Lansdale went to Vietnam, he ended up kind of starting another operation, but he was busy doing other stuff as well. Like, this wasn't 100% Lansdale anymore. But it started Operation Wandering Soul. Um, And it was kind of born from the successes in the Philippines because he quite literally wrote the book on psychological operations after that. Um, Yeah. Uh, So... He, the the Operation Wandering Soul took his first idea of like recordings and decided to quite literally make it widespread. Like he did it like once or twice with planes, very small planes. And then someone in Vietnam's like, yes, but what if we did this, but all over the place, all the time? Um, so PSYOPs, PSYOPs teams hit the ground running, attempting to learn about the superstitions of local uh, people in Vietnam when they stumbled upon one thing. How they feel about the importance of spirits and the correct burial of their dead. In particular, Vietnam has a local belief that if someone is killed or dies, they need to be buried in their home village or their soul will wander aimlessly in pain and suffering for all eternity. If someone is buried correctly, it is believed they can be contacted at the anniversary of their death by their family. But if they're not, they're doomed forever to instead haunt you for failing them. Oh, fuck that. Um, I don't know exactly how widespread this is still, but there's these very specific holiday named Trung Nguyen or the Wandering Souls Day where people go to pagodas to offer food for the spirits of those who are not buried correctly, hoping to appease them. Um, so Wait it's this, uh, bury me by a taco truck. But you have to be buried in your local place, which, what if there is no taco truck? Fuck, there's, there has to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> They're going to bury you in the gentrified part of LA? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I got buried next to a vegetarian restaurant <laughs> yeah. called, like, Just Kale It. <laughs> oh, fuck, the server's name is Toast. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, it's like, it's it's vegan vegetarian fusion because you know when you put fusion in the name the food's always bad oh for yes um now uh i don't know like i said i don't know how widespread this belief I think they and bury you by a fucking this near, throw me to dumpster post or near a chili's i'll take that at least i can get drunk in the afterlife <laughs> everybody has to go to chili's and mourn my death yeah <laughs> Everybody pour out your too large but economically placed priced beer for Joe. Um, now, like the, I, like I said, I don't know exactly how widespread this is, but people still celebrate it. Um, I don't know if that's a grudging acceptance because your parents make you or not, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. A small side note here. I don't know how much of this is true or how widely believed any of this is. Uh, this is according to a U.S. Mac v. Sog document published in the 1960s for the sole purpose of local uh, of studying local beliefs to use against them and the Viet Cong and their sympathizers. Sympathizers. 
And we all know how dumb the U.S. government is, but I want to lay the groundwork for just how the hell they end up thinking their psychological operation was going to work. The U.S. began these operations by dropping leaflets onto areas they thought the VC might be hiding on Wandering Souls Day. The leaflets pointed out that the people of South Vietnam were honoring the dead, while the godless communists didn't care about the souls of the dead. Therefore, they should bail on Ho Chi Minh and join Team Saigon, because like otherwise the dead are going to be restless and going to haunt you. Remember, comrades, if you love your dead grandma, you will embrace the free markets. So... Remember, uh, like uh, members of the the the, the psyops units um, and the army sound engineers took Lansdale's first recordings and built on them an entire operation that was much larger than even Lansdale even wanted or could dream of. Because remember, Lansdale did his loudspeaker thing and then immediately went on to like vampiring motherfuckers off into the woods. Right. He didn't go. We need more planes. Uh, I guess because like maybe everybody's like, well, we can't kidnap people in the woods and turn them into vampires in Vietnam because they don't they don't believe that shit. So like, we'll have to stick to the sound speakers. This included uh, so their their recording included screams of supposed ghosts, messages from the dead, and screams of pain and suffering. Who the fuck did these recordings? Uh, translators, like a lot of Arvin soldiers, uh, and of course the ghostly disembodied voice pretending to be a VC fighter's parents saying that if they die, they'll wander the earth forever because they wouldn't be buried right. This all became... Right, now give me a little bit more emotion on this one, alright? You're a dead guy in the, for- in, the, in the jungle. Go. Good news, Nick, in case you wanted to listen to this, it still exists today. It's called Ghost Tape 10. Oh, fuck. And I will play it in its entirety at the end of this episode. Um, just a heads up. It is pretty fucking long. It's like eight minutes long. And like, if you were to screaming? hear it's like screaming. There's like um, Buddhist funeral chimes and like, it's all around. It's a spooky aesthetic. Oh, I'll give it that production. much. Like if I was like stalking through the woods or something and I heard this blared out of the darkness, I would be deeply unsettled. Um, are, though I th- I think a lot of this is because I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> but I also wouldn't be in the woods, so I'd be fine. Yeah, I would not be stalking through the woods at night. Um, no. Thankfully, uh, someone translated a lot of this for me, and the results are kind of lame. Uh, so, like... <laughs> Can I get a number two pho bowl? Yeah. Eh. Uh, this is, like... Mom, dad, I'm dead. Uh, actually, that's that's not even that far off. Here are some choice lines in English. Quote, My friends, I have come back to let you know that I am dead. I'm dead! Are you scared yet? That's so fucking lame. God. This is like, it's, it's like going to a fucking, uh, like a, a, a haunted house and it's just like spaghetti in a bowl. It's like, it's intestines. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. Quote, it's hell. I'm in hell. Don't end up like me, friends. Go home before it's too late. I'm I'm distinctly not scared by this. Uh, this is then followed by a chorus of Buddhist funeral music, banging gongs, and like the sobbing of an old woman, and then like a voice screaming out for her father. Um, and this was played now- on a plane. Uh, well, it's played among various things, and we'll 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 tell you. Uh, so we'll talk I about that. I can only imagine like somebody accidentally puts in like their fucking 
workout mix. <laughs> just just playing Five Finger Death Punch or something. <laughs> yeah. And some, somewhere VC out in the woods like, dude, change the song. They fucking suck. <laughs> um, uh, the only part of this that's kind of scary to me is the child calling out for her father. But that's personal because I find children terrifying. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, do you have a kid now? I do not. Um, and that idea scares me more than being haunted. Uh, so Americans knew that they got the recipe just right when they could use it to scare their comrades in the Arvin or the Army of the Republic of Vietnam, South Vietnam. Um, and then randomly, one of the Arvin soldiers told a PSYOPs guy that he heard rumors that tigers were hunting people in the jungles and tigers are scary and they should add tiger sounds. And incredibly, they did just that. So like ghost tigers are thrown in there for a good mix. That's fucking awesome. Like imagine being like the lower enlisted sound guy who's mixing all this together. You think you got it just right. And some lieutenant's like, bro, add tiger yeah, sounds. <laughs> yeah, you think you're done for the day? Had tiger sounds, bro. Uh, and like they added it by going to the Saigon Zoo and then like recording it, screaming at them. Do you think like the tiger hasn't done anything all day and they're just poking it like, do something, <laughs> make a roaring noise, <laughs> stop sleeping? Like, it's like whenever you go to the zoo and just there's laying all over the place, like, just yeah, sleeping all the time. But you're just sitting there with like a boom mic, like, come on, I have a 40 weekend once, and uh, a lot of butterflies. There's more butterflies at the Woodland Zoo in Seattle than I expected. I'll give it that much. Oh, yeah. Now, rather than just piping these songs through, uh, or these songs, play that new beat. Um, <laughs> play, play the, the one with the tiger song. song. Um, uh, through, through, like, planes and stuff, which they did. Um, but they took the wild ghost sound game pro, and they put this shit everywhere this included loudspeakers bolted the outposts helicopters and man portable speakers to be brought out on patrol fuck that that would be annoying like like imagine you're like okay we got the machine gunner guy uh we got uh the radio guy who wants to be the guy carrying the speaker full of screaming children and tigers (laughs) (laughs) or that guy's always forgotten he's in the back like what about my accountability right here? Right. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I carried the ghost's backpack last time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, your they, book would they, be they, so much better if you carried that around Afghanistan. Yeah. It's just, instead of having to carry around a fucking, uh, mind detector, it's like, you have to carry the, uh, spooky Afghan backpack, it, but it's like outdated. So it's actually the one that they use in Vietnam. It's just the like the, the Afghans like we don't speak this language. Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah. you guys suck at this. Uh, get some new material. The shit's stale. You're already here, stuck in a war forever, burning through a generation that nobody cares about. Now you're gonna roll out the Vietnamese speakers. Real cool. Um. Now, uh, the last one is dumb as hell, but um, okay. This is mostly used for night patrols, right? Like, because it's supposed to be spooky. It's like MTV's old reality show, Fear. Like, things oh, don't yeah. look haunted if you shine a whole bunch of sunlight at it. So you're in a night patrol, right? The last fucking thing I want is a Bose sound system strapped to my ass making ghost baby sounds. Right. And, yeah. like, so fucking loud. 
Uh, but that was somebody's job. And then like, imagine like going to the VA and saying that like, so how'd you lose your hearing? Well, I had to carry the ghost speakers on patrol. You know, that shit isn't service related now. No. One thing is before I I were to ever go out on a patrol, that thing's becoming non-mission capable immediately. Yeah. I am immediately going to shoot it. Um, (laughs) this whoops dropped it. Whoops. Fired off a burst. Weird how that happens. Um, so remember how I said that this tactic kind of sort of worked in an anecdotal sort of way in the Philippines. Did it work this time? I was going to say, how do you think it worked in Vietnam? Clearly we won the Vietnam war. So it it worked, right? I'm going to say no, I didn't work at all. Not even a little bit. In fact, it actually had the opposite effect. Um, any helicopter playing these ghost sounds, immediately found themselves under incredible incredible <laughs> amounts of gunfire to the extent pilots refused to play it for fear of being shot down. Mostly because, like, hey, look, I can hear the helicopter coming even more than I normally can because um, remember how loud these things have to fucking be. Yeah. Now, there is some mixed reports of success at various parts of the war. However... The most famous one comes from a description printed in the Tropic Lightning News uh, showing the success of... No, Tropic Lightning, uh, because Ah. it's the the 25th Infantry Division's official publication. uh, Tropic Lightning, yeah. Um, Which I believe they're actually stationed in Hawaii somewhere. But... um, Fucking down the street from you? Probably. I I think they're in Schofield, which is 30 minutes away from me? I don't know. Anything on this island is 30 minutes away from me. Um, so in the Tropic Lightning News, it claims that uh, by playing these things, it scared the, the VC into surrendering to them. A couple things here. Zero evidence as to this is the reason why they were captured. And in fact, only three people uh, who were captured tells me that they were just like, they, they only captured three people. So this tells me that they actually just captured a scouting party. Who knew they were fucked if they tried to fight, so they just gave up instead, which is actually pretty common. A lot of VC scouting parties were actually unarmed, so they could run faster. Uh, good incidents of the... Uh, a good um, example of this is we were soldiers. They captured that one scout by himself unarmed in the woods. Right. That happened a lot. Um, also, like I said, Tropic Lightning News is the official publication of the 25th, 25th Infantry Division, and they're reporting about themselves. Not exactly reliable reporting. Um, another such account says a platoon or so worth of soldiers abandoned their position after being subject to the ghost tape throughout the night. Um, now, some possibilities, I think, are common sense. Uh, they're blaring these tapes at night constantly. I think if we follow Occam's razor here, that the most likely reason for people abandoning their positions is because they're being subjected to hours of loud noises when they're trying to sleep, leading them to become sleep deprived. Yeah. (laughs) And that they just left their post because it was annoying. Uh, We know this is how people respond to loud, continuous noise because this is a method of torture used for people at Guantanamo Bay. Uh, It works to break people like torture does. Because it's torture. I think that's what um, babies do when they first come out. That, I mean, well, that's actually why babies cry at certain um, uh, volumes and pitches because they know it, uh, it annoys humans. Like, it's sounds have purpose. Um, Those goddamn creatures. 
Now, when soldiers weren't greeted with gunfire when they played the ghost tape, they were greeted by pissed off villagers, probably rightfully mad that the U.S. is attempting to weaponize their own culture and beliefs against them. Nobody believed this shit. In one case, a swift boat that was playing the shit, had rocks thrown at them until they finally drove away. For further evidence that the locals were pissed when the boat changed the music to Aretha Franklin, nobody threw rocks at them. <laughs> um, yeah. And if the tapes weren't bad enough, uh, they were part of the larger Phoenix program, something that will almost certainly be its own episode or series at some point in the future. But long story short, we did a lot of terrorism against the people of Vietnam. Yeah. Um, in the end, the PSYOP, sol- the PSYOP soldiers considered it a success, despite no measurable way to call it a success, which I guess is a perfect example of the Vietnam War as a whole. Um, but, yeah, that's it's Halloween. <laughs> is everybody ready to go trick-or-treating and for Vietnamese ghosts? I am... Are um, you going to play that guy for Halloween? Is that your costume? I'm going to dress up like the VC uh, so I can <laughs> <laughs> so I can beat the U.S. military. Um, be real awkward tunnel ratting in your own house. Just bare, like, why is that guy in black pajamas digging a hole in his backyard in Honolulu? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but he uh, he's pointing an AK at me. <laughs> uh, now, Nick, we do a thing here on questions from the Legion. Yeah called questions from the legion also we do a thing here called joe can't speak um so today's question has uh have you ever heard or seen anything that made you really feel like no really i saw it happen um like you know i have a friend in another unit who said this um you know no no bro i have a friend who totally said this happened like what is your no, th- this totally happened. Story in the military. Mine has to be stress cards. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard of that. Uh, Maybe that's that's an older thing. I know. Maybe people don't spread that rumor anymore. I still hear about it. Like when uh, some, I know one of my buddies asked me, like, "Well, if you ever do go back into the military, at least they won't they'll give you a stress card." I'm like, dude, that's not fucking real. <laughs> I actually know. Uh, I've had to look into this before. Um, like the the origin of one origin, I should say, because this thing is built a myth onto its own, right? Um, of the stress card idea, one they never existed. I need to be completely forthright with that. The concept of you're being yelled at by a drill sergeant, you can hold up a card, never existed. Uh, the origin of the stress card, from what I can tell, actually is the Air Force when they had they um they handed out cards to new airmen their version of privates recruits, whatever. I don't know what the fuck they're called. Uh, um, that was a kind of like an ACE card or the, uh, the, the, the suicide prevention card or whatever of like right. how to handle stress. Cause like, you know, most teenagers don't handle any real stress in their life until they get yelled at by grown men for a couple weeks. Right. Um, and the cards told them like, uh, how to, how to like stress coping techniques. Um, it was not something they could help hold up and be like, uh, I'm good here. Need you to, it's like it, it, like people may act oh, like the, the card was like the wrap it up box from Dave Chappelle, um, and it was not. It was never a thing. Um, second one, I actually have two of these. Is the guy who killed himself with a floor buffer? What have you? You've never heard this one? No. Um, actually, that one isn't as good. 
It's the basketball story. So what are you talking about? The story goes in basic training um, that a guy wanted to get out, right? And if for people who are unaware, at least in the United States, you can't just quit. Like you can't be like, I'm done. I, I don't want to be a soldier anymore. I'm going home. It doesn't happen. So you have to figure out creative ways to trick the system into, I don't know, getting it to believe that you're crazy or whatever and getting it discharged that way. Don't recommend doing that because it's not an honorable discharge and it does in fact impact your life. But um, the story goes, and I've heard this from at least three different people who all went to basic training in different places, um, that someone decided that they wanted to get out so they're going to play crazy. And they did this by pretending to dribble a basketball. Wherever they went, they dribbled a basketball. Um, like they'd just be when they were walking in formation, they'd pretend to be dribbling. It's an invisible basketball. It's not real. Um, and then they do this forever, you know, weeks, weeks, months, months, whatever. And finally the drill sergeant sent him to the doctor where he's, you know, prescribed with some unknown mental illness and therefore discharged. At that point, the commander signs his discharge paperwork and hands it to him. At that point, the guy takes the invisible basketball and shoots it and stops dribbling the basketball. And the commander says, well, why'd you do that? And he said, well, game's over. Never has fucking happened. There's Never no fucking way that, that happened. One. I have heard that one so many fucking times. And because I already brought up, I'll talk about the, the, the floor buffer one. And that is somebody hung themselves with a floor buffer. How I actually fuck? fully believe that that happened once upon a time because, you know, people commit suicide at a frightening rate in the U.S. military. Oh, yeah. And the, and the odds that someone used a, cord, uh, a floor buffer cord to do so seems likely at some point. But the idea that it happened at literally every fucking basic training uh, base or trade post, no. <laughs> If that was the case, privates would not have floor buffers anymore. No. Um, but yeah, those are the ones I can think of. I don't, I don't know if there's any new urban legends in the military anymore. I've been out since 2013. No. You you definitely got me on the de- the stress card. That's the one I know for sure. I think that's the one that everybody knows cuz like I st- I still hear people talk about it. Yeah. It's not fucking real. It never happened. Shut up. I I mean, a lot of these are born into the idea that, you know, when this guy who's almost almost always someone my age or boomer or something who got out a long time ago, joined a long time ago, like I enlisted in 2005. So like, you know, the military was a little bit different from when I joined to when you joined. But the idea that it was like so much harder is fucking not true and people really just want to be better than the generation that came after them yeah. like everybody's the oh my uh the cycle before you we were fucking hard yeah like no you weren't you were not nobody's basic training was marketably harder than anybody else's like even the idea that like basic training was harder back in the day though that day is never specified is also not true it was almost always easier because you had to learn less skills like the the uh, uh, if you enlist tomorrow, say an eighteen year old's listening to this and enlist tomorrow. For one, don't. But say you do, and you go to ten weeks of basic combat training because it's ten weeks long now, which is something I just learned the other day. They extended it. Yes, it is. You are going to learn so much more and be tested on so much more than literally any soldier that fought in World War II. So your basic training is harder than the greatest generations. The only difference is maybe someone doesn't punch you in the face or whatever, which does not make a better soldier. It makes a dumber one. No. 
but yeah um so tell your grandpa to shut up because that's probably the person spreading this um but yeah uh, those, those are the ones i can think dead. of yeah, mine are too. And the world's better off for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're just going like they kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yikes. Uh, but that is our episode. Nick, it's great to have you back. Um, and you're just in time for the worst election in human history. Uh, that's that's hyperbole yeah. in American history. Um, but, you know, you're back from the woods for that. So that's good. Uh, and to everybody listening, until next time, um, we don't- do this. Don't record ghosts and play them from a backpack. That's all I got. Later.